0: Welcome to my podcast, Peace, Love, and Pets. I am your host, Sandy Kamen Wisniewski. Join me and my guests as we share our personal stories of struggles and triumphs as we continue our path of spiritual growth. We'll share story after story, many that include animals, our great teachers in this life. We are all souls living a human experience on paths of self-discovery here on planet Earth. On this podcast, my goals are to give you tools to help serve you on your personal path of evolution. Individually and collectively, we can create a world filled with peace and love. Let's do it together. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Peace, Love, and Pets. I am your host, Sandy Kamen Wisniewski. I am the founder and director of Animal Education and Rescue, a nonprofit humane society and rescue for animals. You can visit our website at www.aear.org. You can also learn more about my other services on my website, www.mindfulspirit.net. If you are interested in any of my books, you can find them on my website, sandykamenwisniewski.com. Hello, everyone. This is Sandy Kamen Wisniewski with Peace, Love and Pets. And this is our first, very first, official broadcast podcast. I am so excited about this new venture that we're on, hoping to educate, inspire, and intrigue people. And who knows what else. So, I figured it was pretty fitting in my very first podcast to have the person who is going to be producing the podcast, who is going to be editing the podcast, and who happens to be my husband and my very best friend, Chuck Wisniewski.
1: Hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so full disclosure, I know a lot about the man so uh i will call him on things if he in this interview that we have right now if i feel that he needs to expound on anything so chuck and i uh have been married for
1: 33 years
0: maybe Okay, 33 years, maybe 34, I don't know, it was 1989, so whatever that adds up to be. Okay. We've been married since then, and we dated for about two years, two and a half years before we got married. So I've known Chuck since I was a teenager. He's a little bit older than me, and, you know, you'll get used to this. There's barking in the background because, if you don't know this already... We run a humane society for animals, and so we are always fostering animals, and we have animals of our own. And so you will hear dogs barking, so hopefully it won't be too distracting to you, and it will only, uh, if nothing else, provide you a little bit more entertainment. The dog you heard barking in the background is Chloe, so there will be a test later. Okay, so back to our relationship, which we'll talk about in depth, maybe here, maybe some other time. But let's start with you, Chuck. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? And tell us a little bit about your family life growing up.
1: Uh, My family came from Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, Both my parents were teachers. Um, They moved here to take jobs uh, teaching at Highland Park High School. when we first moved here, I uh, believe we moved to Vernon Hills, when there was no town of Vernon Hills. It was uh, farm fields, and from there we moved to Highwood, um, and eventually we moved to Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, we lived in an old house in the center of the street. and.
0: A dog is eating something it's not supposed to eat, so Chuck is going to have to get up and... Oh, he just swallowed it.
1: And the dog is pooping
0: there, too. Okay, so... So, uh, one of the things I want to talk about, you know, we like to... I want to... My intention is to interweave stories of animals and how animals impacted our lives. I am hundred percent confident our followers on our podcast are going to be animal lovers so I think sharing stories of animals that shaped our lives is really really important and so Chuck since you were talking about living in Vernon Hills living in Highwood living kind of in the country at that time now ironically it's totally not the country it's very suburban but can you tell us a little bit about the first dog you ever had? It, I think it's an important story and how it shaped your life, Hercules.
1: Uh, first dog I had was named Hercules. He was a black lab, and um, some of my earliest memories are with him. Uh, in Can fact,
0: you give me an idea of how old you were?
1: I was probably three years old, three or four. Um, we were living in Highwood. And uh, when I related the story to my mom a couple years ago, she said that was probably the day we were moving out. And basically, I woke up early with Hercules, and we were in the kitchen, and the sun was just coming up, and some guy came to the door, and it was kind of scary for me, and Hercules was with me. And my mom said that was probably the guy to come shut off the power or the gas or something. Um, But... uh, (coughs) I used to let Hercules out, I guess, as this is what I was told, I don't remember. And um, let, have,
0: let Hercules outside.
1: Let, let him outside to go to the bathroom in the morning. I would wake up early before my parents, and Hercules would run off and get caught by the dog catcher. <laughs> the dog catcher. Right. Animal control. Animal control, we call them now. But mm. uh, So my dad decided that Hercules had to go. And uh, he gave Hercules away to uh, another family that we knew. And that was very sad for me. And that was my first dog.
0: So that was Chuck's first experience with a dog that unfortunately was given away.
1: Yep.
0: And uh, I remember you telling me, um, you know, numerous times throughout the years that you always wondered what really happened to him, mm-hmm. and that you won you know that that the not knowing was very painful for you mm-hmm. that he was just there one day and gone the next,
1: yeah, when you're young you just you imagine that like your dog is just going to come running back to you one day, like you look out the window and he'll be running back to you um, but eventually you realize that that's not going to happen, yeah um, but
0: so, uh, so a, go ahead.
1: As a young child, you, have, you want hope that that would happen. So.
0: so, you know, I think being in the animal rescue world, and Chloe has something she shouldn't have. She's eating and swallowing. In the animal rescue world, because, and we'll, as you listen to my podcast, you're going to hear a lot more stories and adventures about running a humane society for animals and a rescue. been doing it since 2003, but one of the things that we see all the time is people that surrender give up their animals, and sometimes for very good reasons, and sometimes because they just are tired of the animal. And the poor children are so often you know, in the crossfire of the decisions their parents are making, setting a horrible example to their children mm-hmm. and of animals being disposable instead of living, breathing, breathing, feeling animals. Now, again, that's not in every case, but it is certainly enough that, that we see that, that just like Chuck was impacted by Hercules being given away, then, uh, you know, of course, so are all these other kids. So, you know, it's really important that we be very careful about how we navigate our lives especially if we're raising children and um, so we can only share that message the importance that we show our children good examples of how to be kind and how to be good and how not to give up on things or animals because it will leave a lasting impression on our children so uh, so let's fast forward because this could be like a three-day conversation uh, on your life living in Highland Park, Illinois. You had a sister, a brother, mom, dad, and a dog named Ginger and a cat named Molly.
1: That's correct. So Prior to that, I think I had two turtles. <laughs> um, uh, and I think that covers it, yeah.
0: So, and we'll tell the Molly story at some point about her having the kittens, which is a kind of a, a, a neat story. But the one of the main points of the podcast is to really delve deep into our soul's growth and the struggles that we face and how we navigate and move through them. So, do you want to share one of the foundational examples that you had as a child that you carried with you to an adult and how it affected your life.
1: Hmm. Uh well, I'll stick with the animal stories. Um, no. No. <laughs> She's shaking her head.
0: No. <laughs> no, we're talking about not we're talking about a thread of uh something that you learned from your childhood yes. that you carried with you for the rest of your life or for a large portion of your life that uh that greatly affected
1: you. Well,
0: do uh, <laughs> you want to tell the animal story? Go for it. Well,
1: that that I thought about that for a long time and it affected me. Okay. Um
0: which about
1: Hercules or are you telling me story? Not about Hercules. Okay. Uh I was always looking for to help animals, and it, when we found dead animals, we would bury them and have like a, I had like a little graveyard for animals. But one day I was walking through the, uh, the back area, through the backyards, and there was uh, pricker bushes there, and I saw that a bird had been caught in the prickers in the in the in the bur bush, and it couldn't get out. And I saved the bird. I carefully, you know, held it and pulled off the prickers and everything. And as I'm doing this. My child mind thought, well, this bird's going to be so grateful to me that it's going to be my friend. It's going to, it's going to like want to go on my shoulder and hang out with me and be my buddy. <laughs> but as soon as I got the last prickers off it and opened my hand, it flew away without saying thank you to me.
0: <laughs> uh, how old were you?
1: I was young. I don't know. I don't remember. I was pro. I was definitely in uh, grade school. Some maybe second, third grade in in that area, maybe. Um, and, you know, there, that was a, something I thought about for a lot because I, my feelings were hurt. Why didn't this animal appreciate what I had done for it? And I think, you know, now I, I understand that children do things, the child adolescent brain, they do things for a reward or, you know, an ends to a mean in a way, um, you eventually learn that you do good things just because it's a good thing to do you don't expect a reward anymore you know the adult view of uh, you know the responsible idea of that
0: uh, um,
1: you know and the idea that you know if you're nice to the lion it doesn't mean the lion's not going to eat you, a lion is a lion, that's what it does so it's one of those things that I think about now and again, uh, it was like my first uh, you know just lesson in life that I comes to mind.
0: okay Okay, great. So uh, any other patterns that you remember from your childhood that you carried into your adulthood based on not necessarily animals and certainly you're gonna share throughout all these podcasts when you're one of my guests going to share some fun stories that you have with animals. But as far as people goes, how would you say that your mom and dad and sister and brother and the society, the culture, and your friends and so forth affected you? Was there any kind of patterns that were created based on the observations that you made that you carried into your adult life?
1: Um, Well... Probably anger and um, just a, a, a uh, I guess, a an attitude of, um, like, the world's against you and you have to be ready to fight.
0: Victim attitude? Somewhat, uh,
1: maybe, yeah. Um, my dad, as you know, was a wrestling coach, football coach. Boxing. His dad uh, was pretty absent in his life. He was an alcoholic, uh, so my dad was very. He was like a drill sergeant, and everything was. You know, you got to be tough, uh, and.
0: But there was a manipulation in that too, it wasn't? It was um, uh, mental warfare too.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, his 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 part of his thing was to scare you, uh, you know, and. Um, of course, I learned those bad habits from him, uh, and it took me a long time to be able to figure that out and get rid of that programming.
0: So, to get, I'm a whole picture kind of girl. So, right. can you give kind of a gauge on how long, how many years did you live with ha- being angry all the time and having a bad temper, and and how did it affect your life? Well. It's, so when did it, When did it? So it was started when you were a kid that you well through, through the anger my
1: upbringing yeah my upbringing was, you would
0: get angry like your dad would get angry right. and then when did you finally wake up and say whoa I have to change things
1: when you ask for a divorce <laughs> so
0: give a gauge on the time uh, how, that was
1: like ten years ago I think so uh, so
0: you lived the first
1: forty, 40
0: Five years right. of your life
1: with my dad's bad programming, and um, yeah. And so,
0: your dad's bad programming, and so when we talk about victim attitude, um, when did you stop blaming your father and take personal responsibility, and how did that come about?
1: Right. Uh, I stopped blaming my dad as soon as I figured it out. Um, I mean, I knew where it came from, uh, I knew that I needed to change. Uh, I read, I was reading a psychology book with case studies and one of the case studies was pretty much uh, like my, what I had, how I had grown up. And uh, I thought, okay, well, I understand where this came from, but now it's my responsibility. Uh, And in this book, they were, the answer to all these people's problems was to practice mindfulness. Uh, And mindfulness, you get in touch with your feelings and emotions, where they come from, and you, you instead of just reacting. And the automatic programming that I was running on was anger and, you know, fight mode, not flight, and uh, that was automatic programming I had to, to be mindful of and get rid of. And um, so I started reading about mindfulness and learning mindfulness and was helping, But I got to a point where I realized it was just a piece of the puzzle. It wasn't the big picture and so I asked where did mindfulness come from and came to find out it came from Buddhism. And so I started down the path of Buddhism and I studied Buddhism pretty much every day, all day for several years.
0: Now, how did you do that? How could I mean? Didn't you have a job?
1: Well, going back to pet to our pet stories, I was pet sitting, so I was working pretty, you know, seven days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year, pet sitting. And so, while I was in the car, uh, driving to and from different clients' houses all day, I would listen to podcasts and books uh, and um, monks giving talks on diff- different parts of Buddhism. And, uh, eventually I just was able to rewrite my, my thinking.
0: So if somebody says, well, Buddhism is a religion, is that the religion? That's not the religion you grew up with. What, how would you respond to that?
1: Uh, I would say that Buddhism is more of a, a correct way of thinking and understanding how your mind works, a philosophy, I mean, a philosophy. Some people, uh, would argue, you know, that, that, that technical terms of what a religion is, that it, it's a religion, but uh, it's more of a philosophy. Um, I, a a I, way of life? A way of life, a way of operating, being in control of your operating system. I grew up uh, Roman Catholic, and um, I, I think the the core message of, of, of Christianity is, uh, you know, it's good. But I think it got uh, taken over by governments, and it, I think, became corrupted over time. And I, it never got the messages I needed out of Christianity uh, to override what was going on in my head.
0: So can you, so you talked about mindfulness, and that's where you first started Mm -hmm. and then mindfulness led you to Buddhism Mm -hmm. and so can you for the listeners can you just give a couple tips on where if somebody wanted to explore the philosophy of Buddhism where would be a good place to start
1: there's so many today well when I first started uh, there wasn't a whole lot and there wasn't very good translations um, today it's all over the place. Um, uh, uh, the, uh, the app, uh, Audible, I think it's called, where you download auto, audio, audio, audio books. <laughs> um, they have free books from Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, and there's, uh, you could just put Buddhism in on your podcasts and you'll we'll come up with all kinds of stuff. Um, you yeah, know, podcasts that, uh, People will give talks on Buddhism. Uh, it's just everywhere now.
0: So, and, and coming from someone myself, I think, as you've said, I'm more of a natural Buddhist, that it's just kind of how I've always been to an right. extent. I didn't really have any formal teaching. Looking at it from my perspective, I would just encourage people not to get overwhelmed by as much information as there is out there on Buddhism and instead just to start somewhere and learn a nugget of information that might help you and serve you and go from there.
1: Right. All Buddhism, there's different types of Buddhism and it it, uh, evolved and changed as it moved from India through Asia into China. There's Zen Buddhism. Um, But all of them have the same basic core which is the four noble truths and the eightfold path and you know just reading through it is not what you do you actually work with it so you take the, the first you know you can read through the, the four noble truths and then you can listen to people give talks about each point on that for hours and you know really you start to work you know um organically it becomes your your way of life your way of thinking so
0: you have to p- immediately start putting into practice the teachings is what i'm hearing
1: and, like anything right you can't, right, just, you buy can't a just piano and and tinker around you actually have to practice open up a book learn what the notes are and practice right and as you do that it becomes second nature and eventually you can play a song without reading the notes or even thinking about it. You can play while you're watching TV. You could play because your hands, it becomes your muscle memory. Just the way my old programming was automatically fight and be angry. My new programming is to be an observer and be calm and um, just automatically think what is more, most beneficial to myself and the people around me.
0: So another aspect for you, I know, that was hugely helpful to you was um, was to meditate on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and in this podcast, everyone just brace yourself, because you're going to hear about meditating a lot on and off, and I want everyone just to have an open mind and be curious, open mind and curious about everything we talk about, and try to do your best not to say, I can't do this. I can't do that. We hear over and over again that people say, I can't meditate. And so I want you to just, if you're one of those people, if you could just do us the favor by just saying, I'm going to be open to listening to meditation. And throughout the podcast, we will explore meditation at depth. But this is Chuck's interview. And so he's gonna share a little bit, if you don't mind, Chuck, just telling people a little bit about what your meditation practice is on a daily basis, and, um, and what works for you, and why you do.
1: Uh, Well, when I started, it was just told to me that was, what i was told you need to learn to meditate and i didn't i was on board for learning so i didn't question that i didn't say well i i'm i like what i'm reading here but i don't need to do this meditation they said you need to learn to meditate i said okay
0: so you were doing you were doing exactly what you were told to do uh, right i was because you were backed against a wall i
1: was plugged into the system i said this this is what i'm going to do and um you know my goal a lot of times people come to buddhism they want to be enlightened they want to find happiness or i just wanted to be a better person and so uh you know it, it is when you never meditated before it, it could maybe sound a little scary but i did a lot of research i listened to what the people were telling me in podcasts podcast and in books and a, you know and uh, I just started. And um, the easiest way is to start f- focusing on your breath and how your body feels. So you just close your eyes, you relax, you count. You can count one, two, three as an in breath, and then you exhale and count to three slowly.
0: So that's what you did. Is what you're right, saying. Right, and
1: then uh, mindfully, um, think think about how your body feels. Are you tense anywhere? Um, And when you're calm and thinking about that, you can feel where you're tense and then relax. And that was how I started.
0: Okay, so that would be uh, one avenue for someone if they have no uh, idea about how to meditate. I would also add that there is a million books. There is a million different uh, um, apps there's the Insight Timer, mm-hmm. there's a, that's a free app, there's other apps that have guided meditations. It's a way to start right. uh, for, to meditate. And then we'll go into depth throughout the different podcasts, uh, sprinkling in different other tidbits of advice on other ways that you can meditate uh, but in the case of you, Chuck, is how often do you meditate? Do you meditate daily? How how do you do that? Do you have like a certain time of day you meditate or how does that work for you?
1: Uh, when I have the time, um, if you're off doing something and I'm watching the dogs, babysitting our dogs, I will often just put my phone down, not you know, make the TV's not on it and I will do some meditating. Um, I also do... Uh, waking meditation. So uh, when I'm doing the dishes it's a form of meditation for me. Um, We could do, you know, we've done art meditation. Um, So, you know, meditating is in one form just consciously making a decision to pay attention to what you're doing in the here and now and not be distracted by thoughts of the past or the future or making up stories in your head. It's concentrating on what's in front of you right here and now, on purpose, with intent.
0: So, for you in your life, right now, here, in the year 2023, how would you describe your life for you? How would you describe your life now? We know that you spent 45 years, or your your whole life... <laughs> in frustration in and, frust- and anger. yeah. Now, how would you describe your life?
1: Content and happy.
0: Okay. Well, I don't think anybody could ever want anything more than that. So you're obviously doing something right. <laughs> that, you're, that you are content and happy. And I think that's amazing. And that's fantastic. And what are some of the things that you like to do now that bring you happiness and contentment?
1: Um, just being in harmony with the world around me and realizing that so much of what's going on is out of my control, um, not listening to the news and getting upset about things that are not my problems that and I can't do anything about. Um, focusing on what's important um, minimalizing the energy that I used to spend uh, being worried about everything else going on in the world and, and now focusing on the things that are more important, like you, the animals, our, our, what we do together, um, connecting with other people uh, and prov- being part of their happiness, too. Um, you know, I think the Dalai Lama says if you want to be happy, make other people happy.
0: Uh, I know, and you've recently explored new fun things that besides taking up painting, which we'll talk about at length in a different podcast, uh, which we both do religiously, Mm -hmm. uh, but also you've recently taken up winemaking, you make wholesome bread and muffins and soup, and you... the band, I mean, you know, just maybe share a little bit. I know I probably just gave away a lot of it, but <laughs> more you can, maybe you can expound on that because you've really found a lot of things that bring you
1: great joy. Right. Um, yeah, uh, you know, part of it is realizing, uh, you know, there, there's an old saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Uh, I, I believe an idle mind is also uh, leads you to, to just nothingness. And I think everyone should always try to explore new things, and um, keep busy. Um, you know, it's a, I, I play the drums in a band, and um, I think last week I I said it, it. It's fun to see how happy everyone is getting as we approach our band night. And you asked me, well, aren't you happy about it? And I, and I am, but I also find a lot of, you know happiness that the other people are happy and i'm sharing that with them it's not just about me right um you know so i'm making bread you know it's like i can do that i figure it out i make my own soap uh you know a lot of things that i i just explore to and i want you know i'm like when i'm making food for someone it's i put love into it and care it's not just an academic put this much of this this much of that Um, You put your heart and soul in it. it, Right.
0: That's great. You know, at a later podcast, I really want to talk about the blessings that you and I had happen to us during the whole shutdown of the world when COVID-19 virus and all of that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's an important thing to talk about because there were a lot of hidden blessings for a lot of people. And I know our painting and, you know, other things that we've explored your band night all happened because of the shift that happened at that time right. but let's we could save that because i think that's an uh, an interesting and important discussion to have uh that might help some people that are were struggling or are still struggling because of the changes in the world so is there anything else you want to share right now
1: hmm <laughs> Well, I could write books on what I want to share with the world. So, Do you you have any other questions? Yeah.
0: uh, I can't think of any other questions right now, but I promise you I'm a question asker. So I will love to have you on regularly as one of my guests on the podcast, and this gave everyone, I think, a lot of great information about you, and also you gave some really great advice for people to help them on their own spiritual path of to find contentment, happiness, joy, and connections. And of course, animals are all intertwined in all of those things. So I think we're going to end this podcast for now, and I want to remind everyone that if anyone is looking to adopt an animal, we have lots and lots of animals, dogs, cats, rabbits, guinea pigs, birds, all different kinds of animals that are available for adoption. You can go to our website, aear.org. Also, I am a spiritual coach and a medium and an energy healer, in case anybody needs any of those kind of services, you can go to my website, which is mindfulspirit.net. And I want to thank Chuck again for being so brave and so transparent because in sharing his very intimate story of his growth He is going to be sharing that information with people that need it right here and right now in their lives, helping to give them tools that will help them to better their life so they can go from being angry, scared, or unhappy people to being the exact opposite, content, happy, and connected with people around. So thank you, Chuck, for joining me, and we will see you again. Thank you. And this is Sandy Kamen Wisniewski and
1: Chuck Wisniewski.
0: Spreading love, joy, education, and inspiration around the world. Till next time. Bye. Are you interested in reading more stories of animals that shape our lives? Check out all my books that are available for sale at www.sandykamenwisniewski.com. Are you looking to adopt a new family member? See all of our available dogs, cats, rabbits, guinea pigs, birds, and much more on our website at www.aear.org.